everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and about the supernatural. The next few weeks we're going to be focusing on our hero's journey and less about the paranormal. What makes our heroes who they are? This week's hero is Dylan Mars Greenberg. Dylan is an amazing actress, musician, friend, and filmmaker. She made two of our favorite Death Valley Girls videos. We met Dylan when we decided to break into the Troma headquarters in New York on our first ever full U.S. tour. It's been amazing to watch Dylan's projects grow and explode and to be part of some of them. Please welcome to your head and heart, Dylan Mars Greenberg. Hi. Uh, one question I want to ask you is like, what would you, if you had like a cosmic um, business card, like what would you put on it? Kind of like, just like, Ooh. you know, kind of like if you give it to the, like, um, to the guard keeper of Valhalla or whatever, like is your. Wow. Um, I would, I guess like dream maker. Ooh. Like I feel like I make dreams. Yeah. Cool. Because I'm able to like kind of bring dreams to life, whether it's my dreams or someone else's dreams. Yeah, and um, that's so cool. What a- I feel like that's why film is such a powerful medium, and um, you know, like like you know, when it was initially, you know, almost as soon as it was invented, it was realized that you could use it to create and portray things that weren't real or that weren't necessarily physically in front of you. So you could actually visualize someone's dream fully, you know, using the special effects. That's so cool. I never thought about that before. Like there must've been somebody that invented that. That was like, yeah, I mean, I, I would say George Melius. Okay. Who was kind of the inventor of the special effect, basically. He was filming a street block, because initially when film was first invented, it was like, okay, well, this is about documenting what's literally in front of you. Then he was filming a city block, and then the camera jammed. And then he started the camera up again. He realized that it looked like some people had disappeared, and some people had reappeared and cars had moved or disappeared. And then he realized, I could actually make it look like impossible things were happening. Wow. And then he just got more and more into it until he invented the crossfade and the double exposure, which he used to make it look like people were floating and he would film through aquariums to make it look like people were underwater. And he made a trip to the moon, which is considered the first real science fiction adventure film in 1902. That's so cool. I didn't yeah, realize it's so that. incredible. That's so cool because that's like, I'm always scared. <laughs> I'm always scared if I make a movie, it would like just be too weird and like nothing would be like, I wouldn't know where to start filming, you know, because it's just like, oh, you ball. shouldn't, you shouldn't worry about that. <laughs> I worry about it like all day long. But yeah, you make. You have no, like, one thing I really like about your style, um, is you have no limitations. Like, it's not, I try not to, yeah. almost that exists in real life. So you're inventing everything. Um, yeah, I really try to kind of go into different worlds and, and explore dreams. That's so cool. And do you, like, um, do you find that, or is most of the information you have, like all the stuff you've learned about, is it from seeing movies and then going back to seeing how it was made or just like you making mistakes along the way? Or not? I would say both. Both. I would say both. Equal? I mean, what? <laughs> equal? Like equal? Yeah, I would say equal. It's an equal amount of watching movies and then seeing how to copy them. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then also just like, like, even though forced perspective is a, concept that existed like since basically yeah just like the be- close to the beginning of film I when I was a kid I just figured out that you could do that like independently without knowing that that was already a thing yeah because I just started putting like dinosaur toys like close to the camera and having people like react to them like farther away <laughs> and I-, I thought I invented it when I first did it and I was like six or seven and I realized I'm it's actually like a like a you know decades old cinematic trick. 
I think, you know what, when you invent something so good by yourself, you get credit. You know, I think you invent Well, at least like in your own world, you get credit. <laughs> yeah, for now on, every movie I watch where they do that, I'm like, Dylan invented that. Even I definitely like did it. Gulliver's Travels, the 1961, is a really good example of um, really creative use of forced perspective. Like it actually looks pretty realistic because it's all this completely in camera effect. That's so cool. Do you enjoy like um, like because it seems like you have to control so much stuff to do. Little, like I know you, you work on little places, right? Like you do. Like miniatures? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. The bathtub with Bob Burt, we, it, most of the sets were all miniatures and then we shot all the live actors on green screen. That's so cool. Was that, tell me about that. That movie's so cool. Tell me about making that. Thank you. It took a really long time. Um, I initially wanted to shoot some scenes on real sets and some scenes on, on green screen. And, um, Claris, who is the production company that made it all possible, basically was like, well, you know, we don't really have the budget to build sets like what you want, but we can build miniature sets and shoot the entire thing start to finish on green screen. Um, so I was initially a little skeptical and basically I said, um, Okay, well, I'm down to do that if I can still shoot handheld and we can actually track the actors into the miniatures so it looks like they're really, like, physically there and when the camera moves, the background moves. So it doesn't just look like two layers of video stacked on each other. It actually looks like... I don't. It doesn't have to look realistic, but I want you to feel like you're actually watching these characters in this make-believe world. And that they're actually, you know, grounded and they're actually in these environments. So it was very much, I think, a learning process for all of us. Um, It's so fun. I'm always saying in every interview about anything I do, it was a learning process. But I mean, it's it's like I'm always learning. Yeah. Um, Well, that's you know, it's not it's not like you're ever done learning when you're when you're making stuff. You know. I mean, Um, to me, that's what like recording a record is. It's just like how many. How many mistakes can you make before you are just like, this song's done, you know, like. Yeah, or you can make a mistake and the mistake actually sounds better than what you wanted to do. Yeah, that totally. That's, and that's where you get born creativity. Yeah. Creativity is a mistake, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely. I I just think, I mean, a lot of what I do is born out of improvisation because, I mean, I initially started in the current incarnation of what I do now. I started as a teenager as a performance artist and I was performing in these dive bars in the Lower East Side and I would watch all these other performers mostly, you know, do stuff that was very spontaneous and that became the basis for basically everything I do. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of watching things that are um spontaneous and uh yeah and improvised um but that it is not in your face like you know where totally. you're like oh like you can feel the energy of it and the excitement of because when people record anything and they're excited and have energy especially like that first take or that first time like nothing nothing's ever as good as that that feeling of energy and stuff and people that's my favorite thing to watch and listen to and see. Um, and you definitely have like, yeah, like I love working with people where it's like, you know what? It's a mistake, but it's, that's just a word. It's actually better. Like, yeah, we never could have guessed that that would happen. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So how long have you been, um, making movies for (laughs) making movies? When did you start I, this career of yours? <laughs> I mean, I started, I mean, I like, just like any, like anything that even just vaguely qualifies as a movie, I would say. I mean, I, my mom won a VHS camera in a teacher's raffle when I was little. Okay. So I, I started just experimenting with like her VHS camera when I was like five years old. Um, 
And I just like, I literally like, I just refused to put it down and I literally just used it and used it and used it until it broke. Um, and then I also was a child actor. So I got to be on, yeah, I guess I don't know if I ever mentioned that to you, but I had a few roles on like television and in like some small movies as a kid. That's so and, cool. Yeah. I am um, the biggest one that my big claim to fame is that I played the serial killer Henry Lee Lucas as a child um, on A&E Biography wow. when I was like six or seven. There's, I think it's on YouTube. It's like just one of those, you know, they, they upload basically every serial killer documentary Wait, well, to YouTube. I'm writing that down on what? A&E Biography, Henry Lee Lucas. I, 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 I'm, you'll probably, I mean, I think there might be two different ones. So I hope. I'm watching the, the one. Because I, I think there's a few Henry Lee Lucas documentaries on YouTube, and I think one might be mistakenly labeled Annie Biography, but I know that there's one on YouTube that has me in the reenactments That's as a child. Um, I mean, hope I don't know if you can tell it's me, but it was me. But that was the first time, you know, I got to, one, I got to see how a bigger film set worked with a crew, right. and I also got to see how low budget like horror effects were done because there's actually a scene where I get stabbed in the eye and it was the first time I got to work with fake blood oh and God. I didn't, I had never seen fake blood before and they like poured fake blood over my eye and they had like a fake knife. That's crazy. So did your, what got you into acting? Did you just want to do it or did your, I, I just think as a kid, I just like loved movies. Like I just wanted to be around movies. Like I didn't know, I think when I was little, I didn't know if I wanted to direct movies or act in them. And I think just when I was little, I just, I just like wanted to watch and make movies like all the time. Like when I played with my toys, I even would pretend like that was like a movie. Like everything had to be a movie with me. Yeah. Um, so. That's so cool. Um, you, you were born to make movies. Yeah, I kind of feel like I was. And I I remember um, I went to camp and like we were doing something with the video camera. And I think that's when I kind of realized I enjoyed... Like, I think we all had to take turns with the camera. And that's when I realized I enjoyed being the director more than I enjoyed acting. Even though I do act still, but I, I mostly like to direct and then i i remember the specific memory of me like i was in a hotel with my parents and i was like pouring like dried fruit loops into a bowl and i don't know why but that was like the moment where i was just like i think i like want to be a director for like the rest of my life and i like told my and i like told my parents and they were like okay they were cool with it well, they were just kind of like, well, I mean, it was like so casual the way I brought it up. Like they were like talking about something else. I was kind of like, I think like I want to be a director like for the rest of my life. And they were like, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so funny. I love that moment. It, that's so cool. Just that moment where you realize like, like as a kid or whatever, just like, yeah, I know. I know, I know now that's, you're really yeah. lucky because. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. No, I'm just kidding. I know that I am, but that's so cool. Um, oh, I my dog was trying to. Oh, your dog was there. I think uh, my bunny is is around the sheet. Yeah, where's she's bunny? She's hiding under the bed right now. Maybe like at the end, I could like actually detach the camera and like bring it under the bed with a light or something. But oh. it's it's hard to find her, and it's hard to film her. Yeah, they don't hibernate, right? She doesn't hibernate, but she... Okay, so rabbits nap 18 times a day, apparently. And you sometimes can't tell if they're napping because they often nap with their eyes open. The only difference is that um, between being awake and being asleep is that her nose won't twitch if she's sleeping. So she'll basically, like, freeze with her eyes open. (laughs) <laughs> and be like asleep and so some i didn't realize that until recently like i looked it up so sometimes she would just be like kind of frozen and then i would like touch her and she'd kind of get like startled and like look at me like what like, why did you wake me up yeah totally <laughs> that's so cool there yeah i really can't wait till we get to get a bunny 
Um, Bunnies are so cute. I love them. They chew up all of your stuff, but they're like so like cute. Like they're so fun. I like love, yeah, I love I, them. You, I'm on that. Like, what's the giant ones called again? Plymouth Giant Rabbits. I think I added you to that Facebook group. Yeah, I'm on this Facebook page. <laughs> they're so cute. They're the friendliest. Really? Okay. They're Plymouth the- Giant Rabbits are, I think, the friendliest kind of rabbits, and they're like really. They're so big and like docile and nice. And yeah, they're like, they're like the cuddliest bunnies, I think. That's so sweet. Um, sorry for this question, but how long do they live? The big ones? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of them, it's just anywhere from like five to 10 years. Oh, really? That's great. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, definitely at least five. That's a great um, amount of time. Do you know that octopuses only live one year? I did not know that. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Like, that's yeah, nice. they only live one year, which I, I can't believe because they're so smart. Like, yeah, smart at one year. I guess they yeah. get all their knowledge in that year. I mean, maybe the year is like really long for them, you know? I mean, it's their <laughs> whole lifetime, so it has to be. Yeah, totally. But I think. I mean, that's how I sort of think about it with animals is like, I try to think about it as like, you know, it it might not feel like a long time to us as people, but to them, it's their whole lifetime. So it's yeah, it's not like it's not like they're feeling like they have a shorter time. They just feel right. like you know, this is my life, and I feel like they probably experience time differently. Yeah, I agree. I've been like definitely when we were on tour every other month. I was just like, shit, like how long is a month to the dog? Like she, it probably, I'm leaving for like six months every time. I Yeah. No, it's probably like a year or something. Yeah. And then now every day and it's still, if I like sit up for, it's been a year, right? Like we, our last tour was, it's been over a year. It's been like 14 months. And like, Mm -hmm. it still is like, every time I get up, she's like, whoa. Would you ever, would you ever bring your dog with you on tour? Um, well, like sublime. (laughs) <laughs> I, know, I know it's a good idea, but like, I feel like the reason I, I, I have a two, two fold reason I don't bring her. And one is so mm. that is one is that everyone gets so annoying on tour. Like everyone knows that everyone at some point when you're with people 24 hours a day. Right. You're just going to get agitated. You're going to get pissed. But so I feel like if I don't bring the dog, it gives me a little bit more like wiggle room to be more annoying. You know, that makes sense. if I brought the dog, everyone would be like, why are you upset? You have your dog. But right. I think it's like at this point, too, it's like the, you know, like inner, like how we got to hang out after the show, like uh, that last show, which was so fun. Um, at, what's that? I, oh, Knockdown Center? No, the we played. Brooklyn Steel? What? Brooklyn Steel or Knockdown Center? No, it was like, um, like a, a St. Vitus. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah. that was really nice. Yeah, we got like we got hanging out outside and like. Yeah, yeah, out. that was like, that was like, we had like, like a lot of time to hang out. Yeah, like if I had the dog, I wouldn't. I'm, right, you have to take care of the dog, yeah. Yeah, and it's like... Yeah. That was such a magical day. Did I tell you what happened after that? No. We walked back to the bus, and I found my my one, like, one of my favorite movies ever on VHS right on top of, like, the little rectangle for the bus stop. Yeah. Just sitting there. What? What movie? Careful by Guy Madden. Which is like a super, like not that obscure, but like pretty like obscure and like weird to just find in the middle of the night across the street from St. Vitus, like literally placed like on top of like the bus map. Yeah. Like, like it was waiting for me. Like someone knew it was like literally like one of my top five favorite movies. Like literally the last podcast I was on before this, I was talking about careful. It was, I was on this movie podcast and I like devoted an hour to talking about just careful by God Madden because I'm like obsessed with this movie. Well, I want to know why you're obsessed. Can you tell me? It's beautiful. You, I mean, just are you burning what? talking about it? No, no, no. I mean, I can talk about it forever. It's just like one of my favorite movies because it's so beautiful. It's shot on actual like 30s film stock 
and it, it was made in the 90s but it looks like it was made in like the 30s and it has these very surreal elements to it and i think something i really love about guy madden is that he is so good at world building and he kind of brings you into these surreal worlds and that have different rules than our world has but once he kind of introduces it to you at least i feel like it's the things just kind of even if they don't necessarily explain them a lot of the rules start to make sense just because you're like okay well it's this world there's a different set of rules so like like a recurring theme in a lot of Guy Mad movies is that there's like pipes that you can like make sound travel through and like people can communicate with pipes. There's a lot of stuff with sound, like um the like the whole thing with um the this movie careful is it's supposed to be this village where it's in the mountains and if anything is too loud or anyone talks too loud, it causes an avalanche. So everyone has to be really quiet, but there's special soundproof chambers in certain parts of the mountains where you can be as loud as you want. And they play these like made up instruments that are like these giant like pipes that sound like different like horns. It's really, it's, it's a really incredible movie. It's based. So cool. Yeah. I want to watch. I could just go on and on about it, but yeah, you should. I definitely recommend. It. I think it's still on um Tubi TV, which is a free streaming service. I'm pretty sure it's still on there. That's so um, cool. But yeah, highly recommended. Really beautiful, great movie. Do you have a favorite like genre of movie? Um, I mean, I would definitely approach horror as one of my favorite genres. But having said that, I really. I think a lot of my favorite movies kind of defy genres. Like they're not just horror. They're not just this. They're, they're kind of, they're oftentimes kind of fantastical and. But so that's your favorite. Of, what? Fantastical. Yeah. I feel like fantastical just in general is like, like, like just my favorite movies are just like the, like very absurd and weird, like forbidden zone, careful. Um, I mean, I would say, you know, Gummo is up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those movies have their own rules of reality and their own sense of reality. And it's sort of like once you're watching it, you have to follow those rules. You have to understand those rules. That's so like cool. that, like Mulholland Drive, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. I never thought about that before. That's so cool. You have like, so much infinite potential. Infinite. Right, exactly. So right, it's not limited by the rules of our world. It's like it, it has its own. So, I mean, I mean it's specifically Forbidden Zone. Also, I love that. Have you yeah. seen Forbidden Zone? Mm-mm. Oh, you should really watch Forbidden Zone. I just wrote um, it down. I want to watch it. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, it's basically just like a living cartoon with people it's like a 30s cartoon but with live actors and so it all follows like cartoon logic but it's with like real people so it's just like incredible yeah i turned off my like like learning or retaining information or like living life fully uh a section of my (laughs) brain like for some reason like before before January or the end of the year, I was like, I'm just going to like spend this last week loving and appreciating and being grateful. And then first, well, that's good. well but, but like in the guise of like, once the first hits, like you're going to just slam stuff in your mind, like just start, like just do, I don't know. I just had all these ideas of, um, well, I mean, look what you're doing right now. What? I mean, you're, I mean, look what you're doing right now is like, you're doing a whole podcast. Oh and yeah, totally. But yeah, like I just, I like the suggestions of things to watch to expand your, um, imagination and just, your, definitely. yeah, like I just, yeah, like I need to like turn it up cause I want to be excited about stuff. Like what? Oh yeah. Tell me something you're excited about. Something I'm excited about. Um, I guess finally finishing my feature, which you're in and your music is in and a lot of my friends are in and um we have a rough cut that's completely done and um uh whitney moore is actually in it now she's a really big role in it now oh really um 
Yeah, she plays the villain of the film, and she's she's really great, and um, is in these like incredible prosthetics um, to look like this like creepy man. And I honestly think like Whitney Moore is like the new Lon Chaney. Like she actually like she really is like the woman of like a thousand faces. Like she can honestly, I think she can honestly play like any character. That's so cool. I yeah. can't see it. Yeah, so what, like, what number movie is this? <laughs> this would be technically my seventh feature film. Dang, that's so crazy. That's yeah, I mean, there's some argument over, like, what constitutes a feature film with some of my work, like my early work. But, I mean, my first... Well, how old were what, you when you made what you considered? My my first movie that at least I would consider a feature film, I was 17. And it's kind of more of a video art project, but it is, it's like 70 minutes long and it's, it's a feature and it's, it was definitely born more out of my, um, out of my like performance art world than necessarily like a movie with like a linear plot. But it was also, that's what I was really into. And I made something that I really wanted to see and that I was excited about. And I kind of built it up from there. And each movie I made was a little bit more, not even necessarily linear, but just I kind of kept building upon that, the surrealist concepts until I feel like my movies made slightly more and more narrative sense as yeah. they went. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, when did you, when did you meet the trauma game? Trauma was was around the same time, like seventeen. I mean, that's I um I was making my second feature film, Wakers, which was kind of like it was like a almost like a hybrid of like very surrealist video art and like kind of like a slasher movie. And I was like, I need to get Lloyd Kaufman in this. Like, I love Lloyd Kaufman, and I like called the Trauma office like when I was in high school, like every single day for like definitely like close to like three or four months until finally they let me come and work with Lloyd. So that was the first time I got to actually hang out in the trauma office. I actually, before that, when I was younger, I went to Comic-Con like just to follow Lloyd. Around. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got to work with Lloyd then. And then I, I, I talked to them about like, do you guys need any interns? And they were like, yeah, we actually do. And you could intern here. Yeah. So while I was still in high school, I started interning for Shroma. And that's um, and then I got a, Well, once you met me, I was a full-time employee. Okay. Were you in high school though? By the time you met me, I would have like had graduated from high school. Okay. So yeah. Cause they, they were paying me. Well, I guess I should talk about how they were paying me before I was 18, but they had their own system. And then <laughs> once I turned 18, basically I was like, yeah, like, you know, just this summer, I'm probably going to have to get like a different job just because like I need to make like more money. And like, you know, the internship wasn't really paying. And they were like, oh, well, like, what if we just like hired you to like work here? And I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, like, why don't you just like work here? Cause like, y like we like, like your editing and stuff. So then I kind of just started producing and editing a lot of their internet content. And that was my job for like three years. That's so cool. And that, what a great lesson in persistence and perseverance. <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And knowing what you want and just getting it. Cause yeah, I feel like we went there, I think it was 2016, um, on like one of our most fun tours. Uh, and we, yeah, that's when I met you guys. Yeah. And we just like, Sharice is like the biggest trauma fan and we found that place and then I don't even remember why you guys let us in but like you were just like well I think you'd already had uh, your video that you did with Kansas for disco on the trauma YouTube channel yeah maybe that's it was just like we saw you and we're like who's that like because oh <laughs> you don't expect to see like no offense but like cool people anywhere so when you see someone right. like stylish and nice and like excited and works somewhere cool. You're just like, Oh my God. And we were <laughs> Dylan rule. Like, and just like, obviously that office is, you know, pretty nuts. It's but really I, fun. Yeah, you're right. It must be, I always forget that we're not just like this, like mean looking motorcycle gang. And like, if someone lets us do something, it's like probably because we're just sort of, 
we're not. You guys are like, I mean, you're pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, you come off as like really nice. Yeah. (laughs) You come off nice the first time. That's so cool though. So you worked there three years. That's really cool. Yeah. And now, I mean, and now I basically, I mean, for the most part, I get to like make videos for people like for a living. So I'm, I mean, I I consider myself really lucky. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always say, you know, I don't make a ton of money, but I make about as much money as I'd make working at like a fast food restaurant, but I make it doing what I love. So I feel like that's worth it for me. That's the goal is to make enough money to live. Yeah. Keep making more stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That's cool. So that's, so that's to you, success is, is, how would you define success? I guess. That's a good question. I would definitely define success more as, making what you want to make and making what you want to make happen. Um, you know, I, um, I mean, certainly like having enough money to, you know, have like the basics in life is like great. Um, but just being able to like make my art in general and like the fact that like, you know, I'd wanted to make a feature film for so long as a teenager and I finally did when I was like 17 and 18 and stuff. That to me felt like a really great success that I, I finally achieved like this big goal of mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that success can really come in so many different forms. Like, I mean, you know, I think the type of success that just really propped up in, you know, Western culture and just in our culture in general is financial success. But I think just like there's artistic success, there's, you know, emotional success. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different kinds of success. And I definitely feel like I've had a lot of artistic success, which I'm really happy about, which yeah. is just like making what I want to see yeah. or hear. That's so cool. And I think important because like, I feel like people always ask me that in interviews, like, what do you, what do you consider success to be? And it's like, right. I just realized the more and more I answer, like making a great record. I mean, yeah, just getting to be a musician is success. Right. But I do think like, Oh, maybe it'd be cool if as um, artists, we talk about like that and it doesn't have yeah. to be money. Cause it's like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it would be cooler if it, if success wasn't based on a monetary goal. I agree. Um, and to like lift up and, you know, hold up, uh, the people that are happy just to get to do it. Um, yeah. You know, bring Absolutely. it back to basics. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, and I have one question for you. Um, yeah. when you're like getting ready to go out, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's, like maybe, Maybe before all this, like you're getting ready to go out, like mm-hmm. go listen to music you like or do something fun. Like you get dressed and then you okay. step out the door. What song is like your theme song? Like what plays when you walk? <laughs> um, I would say it depends on the day. Today, while I was getting ready and doing my makeup for this, I was listening to Hang On To Your Ego by the Beach Boys because I I actually think there was a moment where I felt just like in my head my ego kind of got like a little out of control just like inside my own head not even anything I was saying out loud and then I was just like hold on like I kind of need to like check myself before I wreck myself and then I just like I put on hang on to your ego by the by the Beach Boys and I was kind of like okay this just like reminds me to like be humble yeah totally um, do you use music like that a lot? Yeah, I definitely think sometimes I like listen to music just to kind of like affect my mood. Yeah. Or just like affect how I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the time I think I just listen to music just to make me like happy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I really, and, and well, no, and I think I listen to music to inspire me. I mean, obviously that's like kind of a given, but. Just like in terms of specific production and specific melody and specific writing, I, I've definitely in the last few years, I've been really into listening to more than specific artists, specific songwriters and producers. Um, because, you know, 
just as with film, with music, which I also make, I'm, I'm very interested in the production and writing side of things. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm a really big fan of specific songwriters like Paul Williams and like Jim Steinman and stuff. Cause I feel like they're like two of the most like powerful pop songwriters like in history. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And, um, yeah, and I like like specific amazing, producers. Amazing songwriter. What? You're an amazing song. Oh, thank you. I mean, so are you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm like really, really impressed and, you know, surprised. It's like most people, I think, make um, just like music to make music. Right. But it seems like you're writing songs that have to be written, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, thank you. That's really nice. Um, I definitely feel like, I mean, what it is is that I'm making songs that I feel like, not only do I feel like I want to hear those songs and like they're catchy to me and they're stuck in my head even before I compose them, but it's songs sometimes that I'm surprised didn't exist already. Like sometimes I'll come up with a melody that Oh, sorry, there's a car honking. I come up with a melody that to me is, which sounds so much like I'm just like being so self-congratulating, but you know, I, I, it's, the melody is so catchy to me. I think about like every song I've heard just to make sure that that melody doesn't exist already because. That's why you need a Larry in your band is like Larry knows every single song ever. I do know. I do need a Larry in my yeah, band. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll be so scared to show him new songs that we have. Cause I'm like, man, this is, I'll be like, ah, if this is something, I'll be so disappointed. And when I bring it to him and I'm like playing it and he's like, I'm like, so, and if he doesn't say, he'll just go, if something sounds like something, he'll be like, you know, like he'll just kind of shake his head if we're not, if something isn't working and I'll just do, is, is it okay? And he'll just be like, oh. and then we'll get to play it. But it's like, yeah, oh, okay. it knows, I, that, I think that that's, it's, I think that that's like the point, the goal is to make something yeah. is, or to find a song that sounds, or to me, my favorite thing about music or favorite things about songs is when it's, mm-hmm. um, like, unexpected but anticipated like when something like there's a change and you're like wow but you're also yeah regular you know so it's definitely i love like bridges and key changes and i I also like um i'm really into building different melodies on simple riffs yeah like i really like coming up with a really really good riff that just you, you can just loop over and over again but then you can build Cause if you're just coming up with different melodies and different, you know, ways of singing that same thing, then you can still have, you know, uh, verses and choruses and bridges, even if it's the same chord progression and the same riff. Yeah. Um, but I also love Don't composing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I some, a, a bunch of my songs that are more characterized as like known or, are built like that. Um, but, um, no, also, I mean, I, I'm actually exporting the stems right now for like one of the more melodically complex songs I've, I've written and that we're going to have that mix soon. And it's, I'm really, really proud of it. We had all these session musicians on it and it's, it's really beautiful sounding. It felt, it, it really felt like I, making like a whole movie. Like it's like a very cinematic song, which so I like. Cool. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you. Um, well, I guess. One question is, I was curious if you have ever seen a UFO or an alien. A UFO? I'm not positive about. I'm sorry to say. Oh, um, fine. I believe that they're real. I believe in aliens and I believe in life on other planets. I, to my knowledge, I can't remember unless maybe I saw one and then it like made me forget. But, um, yeah, I can't think of a time I saw a UFO. I feel like I've had like paranormal experiences, like in terms of like ghosts or poltergeists that I, I feel like are significant to me, but I don't feel like I necessarily, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever really feel like I, I had an experience with life from other planets, unless what I was experiencing 
when I was a kid that I thought was paranormal maybe did have to do with uh, an alien or supernatural experience, like extraterrestrial experience. What was that? When I was oh, I just sorry I, just, I see my rabbit's ear like just her white <laughs> ear sticking out and it's really cute um <laughs> when I was like three years old so I used to have a lot of I, I used to be really sick as a kid and I would basically always sleep with a humidifier um and I remember I would jump on my bed a lot and I would try to reach my ceiling but I couldn't reach my ceiling because I was too short to reach my ceiling. But one time as a kid, I was sleeping in my bed and then I start to see all these birds walking around my room. Like they look like pigeons. Um, and I start to hear voices and then I saw what looked like my lamp, um, had kind of a, a, curved like pear-shaped base to the lamp and i swear i saw a mouth open in the lamp and start talking and the birds started talking and like everything had different voices and they were all talking over each other and it felt like i was surrounded by this like crowd and then i felt myself levitate off of my bed and move all the way up to the ceiling and what I, I still, t I, I just feel like if this was a dream, I wouldn't remember it so vividly to this day. I remember my face touching the ceiling and I could feel the moisture on the ceiling from my humidifier. I had never touched the ceiling before. Yeah. And I remember, I just remember the texture of the ceiling and the, again, just like the, the moisture and, just like looking straight up at the ceiling and then I just dropped and everything stopped. Wow. And I, I remember really hitting the bed like hard and then everything was gone. And obviously I told my parents about it and they're like, Oh, well, it was just a dream. And I'm like, okay, like if it was a dream, like I just like, I just feel like I, I can't like the fact that I was able to describe exactly how my ceiling felt in such vivid detail without ever having touched that ceiling before was so intense to me. That's a deep cut for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. it seems like maybe you could have, I mean, at the very least astral projected, you know? Yeah. I think maybe I did. Like, I think maybe I like uh, just like, just because I think when you're a kid, you're just more open to that stuff. Yeah. And I think just like, I, yeah, just maybe just without even meaning to, I just did that. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. Um, and scary and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it sounds, yeah, it sounds. Actually, cool. some of the, there's a few animations that I laid over some of the footage in the video for more dead that are based on that dream. Oh, really? Like, yeah, they're, you, you don't see them for that long, but it's kind of like, it's like I, I exposed it over other live action footage while it's happening. So it's, it's not super noticeable, but I, I've been doing animations like based on that stuff since I was like 12 or so. So I had all these animations. I was just like laying over it. Yeah. I love the animation on that video. Like, thank you. It's so cool. Like when you start. I, I really appreciate and really respect you and like anyone that kind of starts dreaming big and making big things when they're like, you know, 17, because then it's like you just each thing you make, like most people, I think when you start later, it's everything's so precious and you feel kind of, you I know, mean, I, I also just I, I always try to say just whenever I'm doing interviews like this, that like, I don't think there's anything wrong with starting later in life with any art and I, I encourage it. And I think like, you know, I just really don't want anyone to ever feel like it's too late for them. And just because I, you know, experience things in a certain way and like just my life had a certain path, you know, I just think like, you know, it's really never too late to like start making art. Like you could be like 80, 90 years old and just start doing something that you'd never done before. And I think that's just as incredible and cool as starting when you're young. Totally. I, that's a real good message, but I think what's, 
what's interesting is that no matter when you start, you have to be passionate about it or else you're not going oh, absolutely. to follow it through. And it's, I think what's yeah. interesting is that I don't think most people, like I, when I was super, when I was that age, like I was a hundred percent passionate about being a singer, um, but I didn't want to ever perform. So it's like that, wow. if, you know what I mean? It's like, it's right. just cool to not only have a passion, but to pursue it, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and stick with it and it be, you know, this, your actual dream. So I think that that's super, super cool. Um, and I am very, very proud to know you as a friend and as a collaborator. Me too. <laughs> collaborator. I'm proud to know you. Thank you. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to say? Uh, I guess I, I I want to ask you yeah. in terms of artistic success, is there a goal that you haven't attained yet that you'd like to one day in the future? Thanks for asking me a question. Yeah. I, yeah there are things that, there are things that I really want. Um, but I think the, I think for me, the main like success is in, I know that n- not having success is when we don't have anything coming up. I know, you right, know right. like, for, like, um, I just need to keep d- doing it. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not one of those things where it's like, once you get to here, then it's over and you can just rest forever. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, is there a specific, is there a specific thing you could actually name that you feel like you really want to achieve one day? It's okay if not. I just oh like, yeah, there, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, I want to. There's like all of. I want to play Australia and Japan, and that's I cool. Wanna, like play the festivals in England. Oh, I feel like you guys would be a big hit in Japan for sure. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I want that. I also want to be. Um, oddly, I want to be like a Disney or a Pixar, um, like voice actor. Yeah. Oh well, that, well you have a great voice as evidenced by your your new role in the puppeteer's assistant now in adult swim smalls volume five uh directed by yours truly yay thanks for letting me i mean your your voice is so great and i definitely i think you could land a big voice acting job for sure i mean because you have such a distinctive voice you know people like people are looking for specifically like high voices like that yeah, I'm really good at like I sound like a kid, and I'm good at doing old yeah. people. So it's like, yeah, you can do both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, that's yeah. I'd also like Brazil. There's so many places I want to play, and and for sure. Um, I feel like well, I, I feel like probably a lot of people want you to come to Brazil, right? Yeah, people write us. You guys must get a lot of comments like "Come to Brazil." Yeah, the classic, like, when you post a tour poster and everyone's like, you're not coming to my town. It's like, we just wrote, like, 30 dates in 32 days. Like, I'm sorry right. for not making it to, you know, it's like, we don't choose this. Like, it's Come not to Brazil. But, yeah, it's, I definitely want to go all over. Do you have a, like, a, a, a next spot you want to go with your, uh, one? Um, I, yeah, I think a big, artistic goal of mine is to make a film entirely on sets that I can um, uh, actually like design. Like, I mean, I'm not much of a carpenter, so I couldn't, I think I could do some art direction on it, but in terms of like, I actually want to come up with the sets from the beginning, like, you know, draw them out, come up with them with, with, you know, my friends who sketch and make art and then actually build them to those specifications and actually, you know, it's really about world building, like actually create physical worlds that I can shoot, you know, a whole movie start to finish in and actually, you know, have like, you know, like, like, I mean, I love like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari and stuff because it's, it's all sets that are part of this imaginary world so that's something that yeah, that's a big like goal of mine is to make something entirely into the bathtub was the closest thing to that so far um but that 
still, you know, it, I wasn't actually there physically. We were shooting on the green screen. And I just think there would be a certain level of freedom I'd have actually, you know, shooting on real sets. Yeah, totally. That, so that's a big goal of mine right now. Cool. Well, I'm sure you'll get there in no time. <laughs> I think I will. Yeah, no, I'm like pretty confident that one day I'll be able to do that. That's so cool. Well, yeah. I think that's that about wraps it up. But thank you. Thank so you so much. much. Um, I, I love you so much and miss you. I love you too, Bonnie. And I miss you too. And I, it makes me smile to get to talk to you and see you. I know. It's so nice. This is like, I think this whole thing is just going to be me talking to my friends. Because it's like, yeah. you would never do this. Just like, hey, you want to Zoom for a bit? Like, but right. it makes me feel so much better to like... Yeah, it gives you an excuse to just have, like, a great conversation with someone. I agree. I mean, I've only done this with Ricky and Marcel. Mm -hmm. So it's like every time I'm like, ah, like, I'm like, this might be my new addiction. Is like, I'll call you back next week. Like, oh, we didn't get something. Do you mind if we do part two? Just like. Go go for it. I'd love to talk to you again. (laughs) Yeah. Will you tell Glitter I say hi? Absolutely. Yeah. Here, I'll do it right now. Bonnie says hi. 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 Oh wait, here, wait before you go. Yeah. Let's take a look at the bunny. Okay, cool. Here, why is that this? I actually taped this to a tripod, so I just took it off. Okay, here we go. Okay. Here comes the bunny. Hello. Hello. Wait, I'm gonna put the light on her so you can really see her. Wait, hold on. She has the cameo in everything. Yay! I made her cameo in the, I think, Fantasia Film Festival, too, because she's just so pretty. She has to be in everything. Look at her eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) Hello! She's so cute. Her ears are little. Yeah, her ears are little. But her body is big. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Voodoo! Rudy will not say goodbye. Aww. Rudy will not do anything she's want to because she's a diva. That's it's important to be a diva if you're gonna be a bunny. That's true. Bye, Voodoo. Bye, Voodoo. I love you. Love you, Voodoo. <laughs> okay. Bye, Bonnie. Bye. Love you. Let's talk. Love you. Bye. Bye.